Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. If you don't know this scripture, oh my goodness, this is something you ought to become intricately and intimately acquainted with. Therefore, if any man, any woman, any person be in Christ, in union with Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. I've got written down here a couple of different translations. The NIV says, the old has gone, the new has come. And the Williams translation says, he is the work of a new creation. You are a new creature, a new creation in Christ Jesus because you're in union with him. You've taken on his nature, his ability. That is what is, you know... I've heard uh, the, the man, minister who did my grandmother's funeral, he preached a sermon at her funeral about the great exchange. You know, and, it, and it, it's just the most wonderful thing. I mean, it, it is the revelation that every Christian ought to have is that when I was born again, I gave up my own filthiness, my own nature, and I took on someone else's nature. That nature being Jesus. I took on every attribute that he has. And I got rid of all of mine. Now the outward man, the flesh man, is being renewed day by day. It's up to us to transform our minds so that our thinking comes in line with what's happened on the inside of us. But let's go over now to Galatians. Hallelujah. Chapter 5, verse 22. So what happens? What, what exactly is going on here in my new create creature reality in, on the inside? What, what's, what is this? Verse 22, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit, that recreated human spirit, is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. I'm going to focus on the one that says joy right now. Because you know what? We're going, to, we're going to have to maintain our joy through anything that you're believing God for, through any, any part of your life. You know, and we go through seasons in our lives. And it's important for us to maintain our joy. But see, the joy that I'm talking about isn't necessarily happiness. When I think of happiness, you know, it generally has to do with my natural circumstances. I'm happy with what's going on in life. Nothing is, nothing major is going on, you know, everything's, everything's running smooth, you know. I can be happy and content, you know, the bank account's doing okay, my health is doing fine, you know, there doesn't seem to be any problems at home, you know, the job is good. You know, you know we, find, we find ourselves happy. But happy and joyful is not the same thing. Joy is a part of your recreated nature. And if you can't find a way to be joyful in every situation, you'll find yourself failing in some situations. You have got 
And that's what I tell people all the time when, when, when they've got, when they come with problems, I say, listen, you need to find out how to get your joy level back up. And you see, it's something that it, that it can wane. I mean, it can, it can, the level, joy level can go down, but you can do something to get it back up. It's in your nature, number one, to be joyful. People say, well, I've just got a melancholy personality. Well, you need to get over that personality thing. <laughs> there ain't no such thing as melancholy where God's concerned, okay? Well, I'm just really quiet. No, no, no. The real you on the inside is somebody full of life and full of joy. And when you're full of it, whatever you're full of is going to come out. Yeah. Out of the abundance of the heart. The mouth speaks. Whatever is on the inside in abundance is going to come out. And you need to make sure that joy is, is what's coming out. There's other things that come out, but joy is going to have to be along there, right there with it. You understand? If the only time you find a place of rejoicing in your life is while you're in church, you got a problem. If you can't do what, well, turn with me to 2 Timothy now. You're close by. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, Paul's talking to Timothy and he says, Stir up, stir up the gift of God that's on the inside of you. Now he was talking about anointing, but I'm telling you what, anything that God has put on the inside of you has got to be kept stirred up. And when it's not there in abundance, when it's not there in evidence to all who are around you, you need to do some stirring. You understand? You need to do some stirring. Nobody else can stir your joy pot but you. Nobody. I can't be joyful for you. You can't be joyful for me. You're going to have to see it for yourself, and you're going to have to rejoice. You're going to have to get down and do whatever it takes. Some, for, for some folks, it takes putting on some music that just, that just blesses them. For other folks, it just means just sitting there, just begin to praise God. You know, praise will stir up the joy that's on the inside of you. But I don't feel like it. Well, that's when you need to do it. That's exactly what you need to do. Don't go by your feelings. I, I know you know this, but I have, a, I have a, a sense that there's some people who need to hear it again. You know, I, you, you need to be expressing your joy at all times. Well, I've got nothing to be joyful about. You don't? Really? Seriously, you've got nothing to be joyful about. You're not living, breathing. You have a home to go to. You have a car to drive. You have breath in your body. You are blessed. Look around. You're blessed with family. Maybe your natural family is not so great, but look at your spiritual family. You know, they say, you know, some people say, well, my family is the one who put fun and dysfunctional, you know. Listen, it doesn't matter what family you came from. When you're in the family of God, you've got something to be glad about. You've got the ability at any time of the day or not, night to pick this up. And to put your glasses on if you need them. 
and, and find out what the Word has to say to you. You've got the ability to do it anytime. You know, I'm, I'm, I was reading something here recently about, about a woman in China. And as a young girl, you know, she, she got born again, as a, to became a Christian. And that was not something that you wanted people to find out about. And, and she went on in the, her story in talking about how many times she'd been arrested, you know, in place she, she'd been placed in prison, the things she endured while she was there. And, and the thing that stood out to me about her story was that she, when she was first uh, born again and, and she felt a, that God was going to use her in a certain way, uh, she needed, she knew, realized she needed a Bible. And, and there were none to be had. And she ran across somebody who had some Bibles. Apparently, uh, some missionaries or somebody who, who were coming into the country with some Bibles had had to, to throw them overboard or something. So they were, they were wet in, in the river, and they had been retrieved by some Chinese Christians. And they had gathered these up, and they were drying them out page by page by page. And she found out that this one lady had a few of these Bibles. And she went and she asked her, could she have one? And she told her, absolutely not. And so she, she was discouraged by that. And she, she went on to someone else who had pieces of a Bible that he had hand copied from somebody else. And she took what she could get a hold of. And she sat in this man's home and she memorized the word. And she put it to memory. And then she went back to this lady. The Lord directed her to go back to this lady who had these Bibles. And she just began to tell her, you know, some things. Just began to just let the, the, just God, the wisdom of God flow out of her. And the lady said, here. Here's your Bible. She wasn't willing to give it up to somebody unless she knew they how committed they were to the things of God. Wasn't that she was being stingy? Wasn't that she was being, you know, uh, I, I, I just have to hold on to this for myself? She wanted to make sure that whoever she entrusted that precious word of God to would feel about it the same way she did. But you and I have the privilege of any time. We look at this as something that just sits on a shelf, sits on a table, something we can just grab any old time. We don't have an understanding of how blessed we are that we can pick this up anytime we want to, that we can read it anytime we want to, that we can share it with somebody anytime we want to without being put in jail. You're not blessed. You have nothing to be joyful about. Yes, you do. I could go on and on and on about the reasons why you should be full of joy. You know, God never promised us that the, that the storms wouldn't come. He didn't tell us we were immune from the storms, but he told us that we're well equipped. That's something to be joyful about. I am well equipped no matter what comes my way. I am well equipped to handle anything because I already have the answer. Already have it. So sometimes you just need to just, just start praising God. You just need to just, I don't, I don't feel like it. Well, that's okay. You know, if you, it doesn't matter whether you feel like it or not. You just do it anyway. Well, it doesn't feel like there's any joy there. Well, you just keep on. It will come. <sighs> I'm full of joy. And I've got the victory. You ever been there? Mm-hmm. I'm full of joy, and I've got the victory. I'm full of joy, and I've got the victory. 
I'm full of joy, and I've got the victory. I'm full of joy, and I've got the victory. I'm full of joy, and I've got the victory. Hey, I'm full of joy, and I've got the victory. It might take you a little longer than that, but then again, it might not. You've got to start somewhere. Sometimes maybe you just need to sit down and just laugh a little bit. I don't feel like laughing. Okay, fine. I know you don't feel like laughing. Nobody asked you if you felt like laughing. But let's see. As far as I know, Job 5.22 says, At destruction and famine, I will laugh. Why? Because you're not going to do anything to me. You're not going to affect me. You're not going to harm me. I, you know, I, I'm above all this nonsense. Didn't we talk about the name of the Lord being a strong tower last week? You're above all this nonsense. Um, Psalm 2, verses 1 through 4, it talks about he who sits in the heavens laughs. Well, we look at that verse sometimes and we think, well, that's just God that's laughing. Uh, seems to me that we've been seated together with Jesus in heavenly places. He who sits in the heavens. Listen, positionally, I am seated with Christ. In heaven. So I'm sitting in heaven. He who sits in the heavens, that must mean me, I can do this, sits in heaven, laughs. Laughs. So you start out going, ha, 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 ha. And again, before too long, you've got a real good one going. And if you keep on going long enough, you'll find yourself absolutely skunk drunk. It makes a difference. You're the only one who can do that. As soon as, as, as something tries to come in and a weight try to settle on you, and we all can sense when something's trying to settle on us, that's the time to throw that thing off and then to begin to stir up what's on the inside of you. God's already said the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the recreated human spirit is joy. It's already all in there. All I got to do is just stir it up. You know, over in the Old Testament, it says David encouraged himself in the Lord. That translated New Testament-wise is he stirred up what was on the inside of him. But you see, it, you, you could tell what the difference, you could follow David's story, and you can see where it turned the tide. See, it'll turn your tide. Not that God's need, need to be turned, but it needs to turn you. Because too often we are looking at the wrong things. We're listening to the wrong voice. And we're agreeing with the wrong facts. When you start building yourself up with joy, you know, you start seeing things a little differently. You start hearing things differently. And you start agreeing with the right things. But you've got to do it. You've got to do it. Go with me to Habakkuk. Hallelujah. Habakkuk 3, verse 18. Well, let's start in verse 17. This sounds like what we should be saying a lot of times. Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall the fruit be in the vines. The labor of the oil shall fail, olive shall fail, and the field shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like hinds feet, and he will make me to walk upon the high places. 
Listen, if you're going to rehearse what the enemy's doing in your life, you better start off rehearsing it and then put a but right there. You know what the word but does? It negates everything that came before it. Too many people put their butts in the wrong place. Well, I know the word says this, but I've got this going on. I know, I know God said he would do this, but I don't see it happening. You know, that's the wrong way to do this. You, if you're going to say all those things, you better start with the bad things first. And then say, but, and, put, and find out some buts that, it, that are in the word. But God is faithful. How about that? This is going on, this is going on, this is going, this is going on. But God is faithful. He is my deliverer. He is my sword and my shield. He's the lifter of my head. He's the one who puts me over. He's the one that causes me to be blessed coming in and going out. I'm the head and not the tail. You better find yourself a whole big butt. <laughs> Hallelujah. You're going you're gonna to have to do that if, if you're going to continue on. If you don't want to be defeated, then stir up the joy that's in, inside of you. Stir it up. Don't wait for somebody else to do it for you because they're not. No matter how joyful they are, it doesn't have any bearing on you unless the contagiousness of their joy helps you. You know, sometimes um, somebody else's joy will help prime your pump. How many of you ever been on a farm where there was a pump outside? I mean, my grandparents grew up in a, in a time when there was a pump, an out, outside pump. And you would have to pour a little bit of water in that thing and do this, you know, and then before you get the, hit the gusher. Sometimes it's good for us who have joy, the joy built up on the inside of us, to help prime somebody else's pump. You can't draw up those wells for them. They have, they're going to have to do this, but you can pour a little bit in there and help them. It's, it's, important. it's important not just to you, but to everybody who's around you that you manage to keep your joy intact. I know for a fact that when my joy level is real low, I can't hear God. You know, because, because my attention is on everything but God. Now, I can, I can tell myself that that's not so all I want, but it, but it is so. When my joy level is not where it ought to be, my focus is not where it ought to be. And until I get my joy level built back up, I will not be able to figure out what the next step is. I'll not be able to figure out what to do now because I'm not in a place I'm, where I'm listening doesn't it say that the joy of the Lord is your strength? You know, you can be physically tired and begin to start praising God, and physically you will see the results almost immediately. We can be spiritually tired, and when you begin to, to praise God and begin to rejoice in God, hey, all that lifts. All of it lifts. I'm uh, just kind of searching through here some, some stuff. Uh, the psalmist David had learned the, the value of rejoicing. I mean, he talks about rejoicing so much in the Psalms. And, you know, in, in the New Testament, we, say, we hear, we hear the, the verse that says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. 
It's nice to say it one time and have it repeated back to you in the same sentence. And again, I say rejoice. Because you know what? Sometimes we just don't get it first time around. Sometimes we have to be told more than once. We're just like kids have to be told constantly to brush your teeth. Go stir up your joy. Why? Because it's good for you. It's, it's what you need at the moment. It'll prevent a lot of things. If we can maintain our joy, there's a lot of things they'll never get an opportunity to get a hold of us. They'll never get a foothold in our lives. If we will just maintain our joy, if you can tell that it's beginning to ebb, do what it takes to build it back up. You know, we, we have a lot of wasted time in our vehicles. You know, you can, you can do a, a rejoice session every time you get in your car. And so that when you get out at the next stop, you're just full. You're just full. You're just, you're just overflowing. And listen, it'll make a difference to somebody else. People you come in contact with in, in the world, they'll look at you and go, you must be having a good day. You're going, oh, I've got the best kind of day. Got the best kind of day. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Listen, they need to hear that. There's a lot of people who don't know what you know, and they need to be encouraged. You know, it's an open door for you to be able to tell somebody how good God's been to you. If they don't know the Lord, it's a great way to say, listen, you can have this same thing in your life. You know, it just, it's, it really is a contagious thing. And it's something that the world vastly needs. Hallelujah. You know, over in, in, uh, in Acts, in the sixth chapter of Acts where Paul and Silas were in jail, they could have been sitting in there in the dark. Jail was not a fun place. Jail to, was, was, I mean, today's jail is it's like the Ritz-Carlton compared to what jail was in Paul and Silas's day. I mean, there was... It was dark, it was dank, it was filthy, it was vermin-infested, it was flea-ridden. I mean, everything you can think of. I mean, you don't think they cleaned up after every guest left, do you? No, they just added to what was going on in that filthy place. And they certainly had every reason in the world not to be so joyful. But they sang and, and prayed and sang praises to God. And they did it aloud. Well, I've got the joy in my heart. Well, then it ought to be coming out your mouth. If it's really in there in abundance, it'll be coming out here. And people need to hear it. Well, they heard it. The jailer and all the prisoners heard it. And when the jail doors were open, it wasn't just the jail door for Paul and Silas. It was the jail doors for every prisoner in the place. See, how joyful you are or you aren't will have a direct result on people that are around you at any given time. You can help turn their captivity as well as your own. Hallelujah. Um, you can tough it out or you can praise it out when situations come. It's a whole lot easier just to praise it out. Don't go, well, <clears throat> I, can, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. Don't be Mr. Tough Guy. Just begin to praise God and let God do the work. See, that, that's the whole thing. That's why you can rejoice is because you know he's already done what needs doing. 
You can count him faithful. You can rejoice in knowing that he's faithful. Hallelujah. I'm full of joy and I've got the victory. Hallelujah. Keep yourself full. Diligently maintain your joy. Staying full of joy means staying strong. And staying strong means that you're ready for anything that comes your way. Amen. Hallelujah. Shortened version. Glory to God. You just be reminded in the days ahead to count it all joy, to stir up that joy, to know that the joy of the Lord is your strength, that, that you rejoice in the God of your salvation, that rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. You know, and sometimes your joy may take on a, on a characteristic of such a nature that you have to get up from where you are or get out of your car or do whatever and give expression to that joy. Don't wait till you get to church to do it. You want to do a happy dance? Do it at home. Amen. Get up and do a little happy dance because you're full of joy. Amen. Glory to God. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.